From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone. Romancing is fun, and scheduling sex is taking the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663, or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about the words always and never and the impact that they have on your marriage and your six pillars of intimacy. And this is what Wendell Johnson had to say about always and never. He said, always and never are two words that you should always remember never to use. And I love that <laughs> little like play that? on words. I yeah, did. I actually yeah. did like that a lot. I thought there was a little humor tied into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But it really gets to the heart of today's show, and we're going to jump into that. But first, we start every One Extraordinary Marriage show with a hug. And, and a hug is really, it's like hearing somebody else's victory lap. Mm-hmm. right? Where, what they've done and what they've accomplished in their marriage. And, and we share these so that you can hold on to their miracle. Mm-hmm. You can hold on to it and go, okay, what did they do? And let me do what they did to go after that same result. This hug comes from a message that we received that said, I began listening to the podcast and reading your information as part of my journey to become a better man, father, and husband. And I want you to know that my wife and I share a wonderful marriage. Still, it took some time to gather the courage to speak to her about committing to a seven-day sex challenge. Courage was required as I needed to identify a way to speak to my wife about committing to something that I believe would lead us on a journey, kind of like you described in episode 659, which is, for those of you that haven't listened to it yet, sex ed for married couples. When I addressed my desire to commit to this challenge with her, she happily accepted and set the start date immediately as our schedules allowed. On day one, she woke me up early to meet the challenge. By day two, we had planned our day around it and built excitement. We're now on day five, and we've both noticed some subtle yet positive changes in actions and attitudes. Mm. My wife looks more beautiful in new and different ways. She's more open to my opinions on issues at home. We're spending more time together, focusing on our other pillars. And most importantly, we are investing time on leisure activities together. This was normally reserved for our three kids. I've also noticed changes in myself, and this is where it gets really, really good. I am less stressed, sleeping better, eating better, and not drinking. I work out harder, something my wife and I enjoy doing together. I've lost some pounds. I'm walking taller and have an (laughs) overall sense of being calm and collected. I'm certain there's some physiological reason behind this, but this is the magic pill that men my age, 40, are often looking for. Our marriage has gone from great to truly exceptional. Coincidentally, the ripple effect of falling in love with my wife again has helped me to be a better man father and husband. Mm. Wow. It's awesome. I love that. Wow. I love it. I love it when guys get fired up again, man, to, to look at their wives and just go, this is a woman I said I do too. Mm-hmm. I do. I really do because it because that's what had, had to happen in me. Like I had to get fired up again and look at Elisa and go, you know what? This is the woman I said I do too. And together... And even just even myself, I had I had to put like new lenses on. I had mm-hmm. to take off those rose color glasses of what I thought marriage was supposed to be or look like. And I had to put some new lenses on and go, this is where we are right now. And this is the woman I'm married to. And, we're, and I'm going to go after this. I love it. I love it. And one of the areas where we had to take some action around that was the, the subject of today's show. And that's always and never. Mm-hmm. Right. Because these are two words, even as I you know, shared the quote at the top of the show and saying them aloud to you guys again right here, they they spark an emotion. 
right? When you start hearing the words always and never, because it's usually associated with some kind of accusation or finger pointing or direction, you know, and we've been hearing this, well, not we, because Tony doesn't sit in on the coaching calls, but I've been hearing this a lot lately in coaching sessions. Yeah. Right, where, you know, somebody will say, you always or you never, and it just gets flung around all over the place. And I have to say, we're almost 700 episodes in as of this recording to the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, and we've never done a show directly related to those two words. Mm-hmm. And yet, according to a recent Instagram poll that we did with you guys, 96% of you, 96 90, almost 100% have said that at some point in time in your marriage, you've made a statement to your spouse that included one or both of these words. That's a really high percentage. And we're a part of that percentage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're in there. The, the 4% of you that haven't, wow. Yeah, kudos to you. I, I'm, I'm so impressed. Yeah. But just quick definitions as we're going into the show. Always, really simple, simply means at all times. And never means not ever, at no time, or under any condition. But the part that starts to trip us all up is that it's really hard for something to either happen at all times or at no time, right? And so we get into this place where those words get lobbed around and it gets really destructive, not just in the emotional intimacy, right? The Because con- oh. conversations, I'm telling you, you start throwing that word out, you know, some of you, even as I say, you know, you're envisioning the conversations, when that word lands in the middle. And so you know your emotional intimacy gets shot. It's interesting to hear those definitions. And and as you guys know, we, we love using definitions because it allows us all to learn more, right? It, it allows us to learn more and go, what what are we really saying? Mm-hmm. And, and how do those words impact us and our spouse and our marriage? And when I see that, like always and at all times and never and it's like not ever like ever like it's never happened before so so to say something like yeah yeah to say something like you never initiate well there's probably that one instance that your spouse goes no i did Mm -hmm. and so that that's in 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 the definition term it's a that spouse is right because it's not ever happened and Mm -hmm. so that turns them off yeah and and that's the big challenge with using these words because literally when you when you use an always a statement you always or you never I just want you to imagine literally like tossing a grenade into the middle of your conversation and and knowing that you've pulled the pin mm-hmm. right so when you toss a grenade and you, you pulled a pin and you toss the grenade the expected outcome is an explosion mm-hmm. destruction that's the same thing that happens when you lob you always or you never into a conversation, you have pulled the pin, the explosion's coming, right? Because when that happens, it, it immediately puts this wall and creates disconnect between the two of you. And if you're the one who said it, I'm going to tell you what happens on the other side. If you're the one who says you always or you never, your spouse immediately stops listening to you because they're doing exactly what Tony just said when he was describing it. They're searching their memories for a time when they either did or didn't do what you just said because they know, and this is why they're not listening to you. They're like, I know there was a time that I did that or I didn't do that. And so they're searching. So conversation has stopped. They're not listening. If, if you're the one who hears it, you're going on the defensive because you're like, oh yeah, watch me pull this instance out of thin air. And it becomes this battle of truth 
versus belief. And, and you get into this tug of war around this because it, it, it's all about what happened or what didn't happen in the past and not about the current situation and the current emotions that prompted the conversation, prompted that grenade to get tossed in. And here's what I want to share with you. This could have been an opportunity for the two of you to really get to some deep feelings mm-hmm. around this. Could have been the two an opportunity for the two of you to get on the same team in terms of looking for a solution. But when you always or you never gets tossed in there, that that explosion of defensiveness, that explosion of memory searching, all of those things per- actually prevents that from happening. Yeah, and I'm thinking back to times when Elisa and I would lob that to one another. And I would say over the years that has decreased drastically. And I can't even, and I'm searching my memory even right now to go, when was the last time I said that to Elisa, either of those words to Elisa? And and I just can't think of it right now. And yet I can still see times and arguments earlier years or even 10, 15 years ago where I typically say never to Elisa. That's what I would say to her. It was always a, you never do this. And I can, and I can still see in those moments, the, the shutdown happening. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about how, uh, earlier in our marriage, Elisa and I would have struggles in our emotional intimacy because I would want to talk and she would shut down and I can still see that. And I could see everything just sort of like just drain out of her mm-hmm. by throwing that word never. And over the years of just strengthening our emotional intimacy, making sure that these words are eradicated from our vocabulary because we've learned that they don't do us any good. And I just want to say, we haven't completely eliminated these words. Just no. just because we can't remember an instance doesn't mean that it doesn't still happen because just like Tony said, he's usually like tossing the you never grenade into the middle of our conversations. As we were prepping for this show, it hit me. He, he is kind of a you never guy right? Like something hasn't happened. And I, which is, which is interesting because I tend to be more futuristic in thinking. Right. But, and I always, I tend to, when I become, when I get into that place of hurt or deep emotional state, I tend to go with the, you always, right. And okay, here's the point. Um, I actually just thought of one as I'm saying this out loud. I would easily say to Tony, you always talk to me or you always you are on your phone. We're trying to have a conversation in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Like I know a year ago, I easily said that statement to you when I was like, I'm not talking to you anymore. When I look up and you're on your phone, Mm -hmm. right? Like, cause you always do that. And that was, it did not, you know, there was a bit of tension cause I clearly, (laughs) I do, I do remember that conversation (laughs) in the kitchen. Cause I was, I was rather frustrated because at that moment, yes, I was on my phone and she brought in a conversation, and yet to say I I'm always on my phone when she talks was was just out there because probably not true. Probably a half an hour, an hour earlier, we were having a conversation. Right, so. it's not true, and and you know the problem is is that we're not actually identifying what the hurt is in the moment, mm-hmm. right? A, a you always or a you never means that I'm hurting about something. There's there's a situation that has created disconnect, and instead of saying hey, this is happening right now. We go into this place of, of lobbing that grenade. And, and here's what you guys shared about the impact of those words on your marriages. You said it puts the, you know, the other person on defense. It discredits any progress they've made, right? Like if you guys have identified something in the past, they're working on it and you're like, nope, you still always do this or you never. It makes it easy to dispute the statement. Amen to that one, right? Makes my spouse feel like I don't see them. 
implies that the person can't get it right, blocks our connection. And I share those with you because if we can get to the root of what is behind that statement, then you can have breakthrough because everyone, every time you use those words, it's going to impact, it's, it's going to impact both of you saying that because when you, we know that words have power. When you say that, then you are in this place of recognizing or of stating you aren't trying to see me. You aren't trying to meet my needs. You aren't, we're not connecting. And if you say that often enough, it's like anything in marriage. If you say it often enough, positive or negative, it's going to become the reality of your marriage. And and when you look at it, you you have to identify the pillars, Mm -hmm. right? There's a crack. Clearly there's a crack in the emotional intimacy pillar if this is coming out. But what is that area that's coming on the back end? Like you never want to go to church or you never want to pray with me or you never initiate sex or you always, you know, avoid the money talk or whatever. Literally, it's a crack in the emotional intimacy pillar followed by whatever the statement is identifies the crack in the other pillar mm-hmm. that the two are working in conjunction. And we have to be able yeah, that's good. A, as extraordinary couples to address the situation and work to build connection instead of creating more cracks in our marriages. But let's talk about that after this break. Stress, hormone changes, and lack of sleep can impact your skin, causing issues like dryness, dark spots, and acne. I know the closer I get to 50, the more aware I become of this. OneSkin, today's sponsor, offers a simple skincare routine to address these concerns at a cellular level. OneSkin has developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to improve the health of your skin beneath the surface without irritation or a complicated multi-step routine. I use the OS1 face topical supplement on my face and neck, which often needs a little extra care with age. Additionally, the OS1 eye supplement helps keep the under eye area fresh, even on little sleep. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OEM at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OEM. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're back and we're talking about moving away from using always or never in your marriage language. And that's really what this is about, right? It's about becoming aware of this word or these words, depending on which one you use. You probably have a natural proclivity to one or the other. And, and, And you could also be using both. Right. But changing language is a process, right? For those of you that have ever listened to the show from the very beginning. Um, which, we, which we thank those of you who have. I mean, it's, I was talking to somebody. I, I just want to just step yeah. in on that real quick because somebody asked, they said, hey, you have all these episodes. Are they all available? And I said, yeah, they are. And I go, the reason why we do that is because those of you who are jumping in right now, you may be listening to this episode and yet you're going back and you're listening from the beginning. And truly it's our heart for you to see a marriage become extraordinary. Mm -hmm. 
That that's that's why we leave every single episode out there now, and we'll continue to do so because we want you to see the journey. Mm-hmm. It's been at this point in time since 2010 that we've been podcasting and married and working through this thing called marriage. And to this day, we look back and we're like, wow, those are some rough episodes. But we want you to see those, mm-hmm. to understand that you can grow. Or maybe there's a friend or a family member who's going through a tough time and you can you can drop that episode to them so that they can they can understand that, hey, they're in this moment, but they don't have to stay there. They can continue to move forward and grow. Absolutely. And I just want to say one thing, depending on the podcast platform that you listen to, all of the episodes may not be available on on that particular podcast platform because they all have different numbers uh, as far as that goes, but they are all available on the oneextraordinarymarriage.com site. Yes. So just in case you're in that place. But, But if you have listened to some of those early episodes and you listen to the newer episodes, you can tell that our language has changed. But that's been our process, guys. We've been having at least one intentional conversation for the last 12 plus years. Mm -hmm. And in that time and around these words, there have been slip ups, big ones. Absolutely. But when you're going in this process, right, one of the biggest things is, you know, if one of these words flies out of your mouth, one of the biggest gifts that you can give to your spouse is to acknowledge that it just flew out of your mouth in that moment and acknowledge that you're working on not saying that, right? It's okay to like, Watch it, wish you could grab it back and just be like, I just said always or never. And I want to acknowledge that I did that because I know that you and I are both working on not making those statements in our marriage. Goes a long way to changing the emotional energy if you can do that, right? And to remember that always and reactive, always and never are reactive words, right? They come out of this place of reaction and you're dealing with something. Mm -hmm. Before you say you always or you never, there is something inside of you that you're not happy about, content with, connected to. And you want your spouse to know that it's something really important. That's the desire. But when you say you always or you never, they're not hearing you. And so you don't get what you want. It's important to go back into this place. Like I want to just share a couple examples of what this can look like because when I say, or when Tony, and this is is actually a statement that has been lobbed to me. Um, The statement was, you never initiate. I heard that many times. And of course, I could always think of, well, clearly on your birthday, I initiate. So that's a lie. So you're wrong. Um, and I would just go on the defensive and that would be, you know, that would be it. And then, of course, I wouldn't initiate because, you know what, you called me out on something and it wasn't true. And if you have a detail oriented spouse who will look for all the details, they will call you out on that, which mm-hmm. Alisa is because in her mind, she is going to search. And because she is very much more a detail oriented uh, person, she will go, well, exactly, That's not true. Like, exactly <laughs> that. Like, no, I initiated on your birthday. So. And that was before the intimacy lifestyle and the yeah. 60 day sex challenge. So don't feel like Tony doesn't get me to initiate ever now, but it's a much different statement to hear. You never initiate versus I feel undesirable when you don't initiate sex. It's a totally different statement. The, the hurt is the same, right? Like I, I want to feel desired by you. I want you to initiate sex. Like that's all in there. But one, the other person can acknowledge feelings. You can get to this place of understanding and you can have a cause and effect, right? I feel undesirable when you don't initiate sex. It it changes the conversation, you guys. Does it take a little more work? Sure, right? It's like, you know, 
another example of that could be, you know, you always, you, sorry, I just like literally had three examples that we're trying to get out of my mouth at the same time. <laughs> let's but, go with one. Let's just go with one. But, and I hear this from a lot of husbands to their wives, and this is, you, you always ignore me when I come home from work. Well, the truth of the matter is in most of those cases where I hear that mom is trying to corral probably three kiddos, make dinner, and also just like get the house sort of straightened up when he walks in the door. Mm. And really what that comes down to is like, I feel disconnected from you when, when I don't get any of your attention when I walk in the door. It's amazing what 15 seconds of looking at your spouse and hugging them when they walk in the door, what that can do to the entire next four hours of your evening. Mm. But it's being able to express this. And, and I will tell you, and I know a lot of you are sitting there going, but Elisa, but Elisa, that just sounds so nice, but I don't know how to do that. I'm not one of these feelings people. I literally had a wife tell me last night in a coaching call. She's like, yeah, the whole feelings thing. And she was just kind of like, yeah, whatever, right? Her husband's much more the feeler than she is. It, the dynamic isn't gender specific, but it's getting into this place of saying, hey, wait a minute. And this is what I tell all my coaching clients. You can learn to express your feelings. Just because it was safer for you earlier in your life not to express them and you learn to box them up and so you don't say them and you just want to throw these always never grenades doesn't mean that you can't learn this skill. And one tool that we have found that we actually have in our own home, you guys, this is, this is one of those things where it's like we wouldn't tell you to do it if we weren't doing it ourselves. It's actually a feelings or an emotion wheel. Mm-hmm. And at the very center, like the core emotions, right? You get into like happy, sad, disgust, you know, those types of things. And from there, it spreads out to have all of these nuances of emotion. And so you can get really specific about what you're feeling. And I, just a quick example about this, but I was talking to coaching clients the other day and they had picked one up. It was, you know, brand new couple that I started working with and they shared around it. Yeah. And I want to just say, we're going to have a link to one that you can check out in the episode notes. Oh, good. Okay. And it's just really interesting because I'm on it right now, just looking at looking at it. And like Elisa said, there there's a six core emotions right at the middle. And from there, though, it, it's 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 very interesting because I think the big one that many of us will will sit on is that I'm angry. Mm-hmm. I'm angry. So my anger allows me to say that you never do this for me. My anger says that you always ignore me. And yet from this wheel that we look at, there's eight different emotions that you could actually be having. Hmm. And it goes from hurt to distant to mad. And so when you start to look at this, you start to go, okay, yes, you're angry. I get it. I've gotten angry too. Mm -hmm. I like, I'm working with a counselor right now because I, I, I was a few months ago just dealing with this and Elise and I had some conversations and I realized like what's really going on. Right. And the anger wasn't like, it wasn't just, I was angry. It, there, there was, I felt other things. I was, mine was mainly frustration mm-hmm. with certain instances that have been going on. Not with Elisa, but other instances. Mm-hmm. And just, de- so it's, it's very interesting to see like there's six core, but from that one anger, there's eight more. And then it goes from there and it goes even bigger. And it's like, holy goodness, <laughs> like where are we going? So it allows us to really see what's happening. So that way we can begin to take away those words, mm-hmm. never and always, and really start getting to the root of what's really impacting us. 
Well, and that was the beauty of, you know, as this couple was using this tool for the first time, um, as they were sharing it with me, they, they were in the middle of an argument and trying to process, trying to use their new tools and skills. And the husband said, Hey, can we bring out, can we bring out the emotion wheel? And he said, that was kind of awkward. And I said, sure. Cause you know, anytime you do something for the first time, it totally feels awkward, but his wife was able to share where she was. And, it, and he's like, there was so much more nuance to it. And now all of a sudden they're communicating to, to really understand one another instead of being in this place of total disconnect, they're working together to understand what's going on in their marriage. Did it keep them from having an argument? No, because guess what? You're human beings with two different opinions and personalities. You will still have arguments, discussions, disagreements. But when you can get to this place of awareness, when you get to this place where you're saying, you know what, we're making a conscious decision to change our language, to be more in touch with who we are before we just react and throw a grenade into our marriage. When we say, you know what, I'm going to be responsible for what I'm feeling, but I'm going to identify it before I explode all over you. So that we as a team can actually work together. Can I tell you the extraordinary that is on the other side of that process? Can I tell you what happens when a couple feels emotionally intimate and understanding one another? And again, I'll affirm this a hundred times over. It is a process. It is called skill development. Yeah, it is. Are you willing to are you willing to step in? Are you willing to strengthen that emotional intimacy? Are you willing to look at your cra- uh, uh, the other cracks in your pillars mm-hmm. to understand what's really at the root? Which which pillar actually has the crack? Are you willing to go there? Because when you do, then revelation's going to come in. Sure. Because the pillar that's got the crack in it always comes after the you always or you never. I I'll just tell you. Like, you want to know where your cracks are? Listen to where you and your spouse say you always, you never. You'll, you'll know which pillar. It'll come up somewhere around touch, which is your physical intimacy. It'll come up around money, which is your financial intimacy. It'll come up around matters of faith or religious practices, your spiritual intimacy. It'll come up around dates and doing fun things together, your recreational intimacy. Or it'll come up around sex, initiating foreplay, all of that, your sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. You always, or you never, it's interesting. I, I hadn't actually thought about this until literally this moment is actually a diagnostic tool for the cracks in your marriage. I'm just going to put it out there. Wow. Start listening to yourself and your spouse. If you're using these words, because here's the beauty of it. You hear it. And then, you know, this is where we need to take action. This is where we need to get on the same team. This is where we can strengthen our marriage to create the extraordinary. Yeah. Wow. 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 She's amazing. I love her. I love her. Just, just, I mean, she was dropping some bombs just for me to hear there today. And I just want you to guys to know when we look at always and never statements, you are going to have to choose different actions to get different results in your marriage. You're going to have to, you're going to have to consciously know what your thoughts are. And then before those words come out, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to say, nope, not going there. So this week, catch yourself before you say those words and think of a different way to express yourself and watch how your spawn respond, how your spouse responds differently. Go out there this week. Let's eradicate the never and always statement so that you can have the extraordinary marriage you desire. You guys have yourselves a fantastic week and we'll catch you next week. Love you guys.